Hey, hey, a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds with the right plan and mindset anything is possible. I'm Jennifer Dawn, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show to get today. I am super excited to have my guest, Tony. And Tony, I'm probably going to butcher your last name. Mart, Mart, you're just gonna have to say it. You're just gonna have to say it. It's all good. Martinetti. Martinetti. See how easy that was, you guys? And I totally butchered it. So, Tony, I am super excited to have you as our guest today on the show. Um, Instead of reading a canned bio, I would love for you to just take a couple minutes and just tell everybody about who you are, how wonderful you are, and some of the things that you've done. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So I'll share a very, very brief bio. Just first, first, I'll just say that what I do for work, my company is it's called Inspired Purpose Coaching. And what we do is we provide coaching one-on-one, also team coaching. But we also do a lot of leadership development work. And I always say that I'm a guide to people who are rising leaders and accomplished leaders who want to take more action in their lives and to lead with purpose and to have a more meaningful impact both in their lives, but also in their workplace. So that's what's really got me um, excited about the work I do. And I'm so thrilled and honored to work with the people I do. Wow, that's so wonderful. And tell us a little bit. So like, Tony, who is your ideal client? Yeah, um, it's a great question. The, um, the ideal client for me is um, usually they're people who are coming from a place of like technology space or you know, innovation the reason why they're ideal for me is because I love, you know, people who are playing in the field of really breaking new ground and new worlds. They're usually somebody who has done a lot of stuff in their world. They've, they've done, they've accomplished a lot in their journey, but they don't realize what's next. They don't know what to do next um, and how to find that fulfillment that's really going to light them up. So oftentimes those leaders I'm working with are coming from, you know, technical backgrounds, could be CTOs. CFOs, and so on and so forth. Oh, I love that. And you know, it's so funny. And for everybody who's listening, you may have found this, like you read that next big book, you work with that next great coach and you think, oh, I've got it now. Like there couldn't be anything else that's going to be better than this. And then you find, wait a second, there is actually the next book. There's the next coach. There's the next mentor. There's the next group. There's the next whatever. And you're just like always learning, always growing, always expanding. And Mm. I love that you are helping the leaders because leaders need that development. And anybody who's listening right now who isn't working with somebody to help them develop their leadership skills, I just want to like encourage you, like this is work that needs to be done. Whether you're reading a book or working with somebody always continue developing those skills because I promise as many times as I've thought, oh, this is the last, I probably won't have to read any more after this. I'll be good. It's total crap. 
It's just total crap. There's just always going to be that next amazing thing to grow and learn on. So Tony, I love that you're out there in the world doing this amazing work. One of the things that I read on your website was that you grew up as the child of an immigrant and that you were taught that honest hard work was the only way. And then maybe that kind of led you to some stuff that I would love to just hear your story. I also grew up with the belief of just like hard work is the only way to get there and to get it done. And so I would love to hear just like your story around that and what you discovered as a with that belief, like how has it served you? How has it not served you? Yeah, I know. I love that you're that we want to dig into this because I think there's something about this which also leads people to this mindset of I have to be perfect too. Hard work is like the gateway into this perfectionist mindset, which it definitely was for me. So this working hard was drilled into my mind from the early um, early days as my parents came from different countries, but they, you know, basically, you know, told me that this is the way, this is the path to making a life for yourself in this country. And, you know, it worked to an extent. There is a sense that we do have to work hard, but we have to find a way to make it so that we're working smarter and find that path that allows us to get that leverage because we can't just work ourselves to this point where we are just completely drained of all the life that we need to experience. We have to be happy too. We have to find fulfillment in the work we're doing. And if we're constantly feeling like we're never gonna, we're never getting to where we wanna go, then it's really challenging. So what I've come to realize through the journey that I've been on is, and this took a lot of learning, is that there's a sense of knowing what you really want for yourself and finding that connection to your sense of fulfillment and coming from that place and knowing, you know, who do I want to be on this journey? And then also seeing what is it that I'm, my unique gifts that I bring to the table and finding ways to ensure that the things that are not meant for you, that you don't get yourself bogged into that level of like the minutia or get into things that are not really your sweet spot you've got to leverage your your ability to do other things and have other people help you. And some of the most successful people I've met have really seen that, that they're, they're not meant to do everything. Mm-hmm. They're meant to do something, but not everything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting the balance between when, this is my personal opinion, when sometimes I feel like we do need to get in there and do the hard work versus other times where now we've just kind of trapped ourselves in the, I'm doing everything, only I can do it as good as the as me, nobody else can do it better than me. And we've sort of trapped ourselves in that cycle of hard work. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, when is it okay to dig in and we, we do need to do that hard work? And when are we trapped in more of that cycle? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and I think part of this comes from this fact that we get ourselves stuck in patterns. Sometimes at some point along our journey, we figure out, okay, you know, this is working, so I'll continue to do this. But then at some point, the external environment changes and we start to say, why is my, why am I not getting the same results or the results that I expected from the same effort? Because things have changed on the, on the external world and you have to change with it. We're constantly in a place of, of having to react to an external um, world. 
So that being said, we have to also be thinking, you know, what are the things that are my true gifts and how are they best wielded um, in this um, in this environment? And that might require you from time to time to pause and say, am I feeling connected to who I am? Am I connected to who I really, you know, what I really do for um, the people around me? And is it really making an impact? And if it's not, then maybe it's time for me to shift gears or to slightly change or recommit. And one of the things I often get challenged with is a sense of like, well, do I have to throw everything out and restart? No, not necessarily. It's just sometimes you need to take a moment and say, hmm, I just need to recommit to my plan of action and think about how do I do it better? Mm -hmm. I love that. One of the things you also, I saw on your website, I obviously was cyber stalking you before our episode today, (laughs) that you said at the darkest point in my life, I stepped back and started to search for help in many places such as therapy and reading a quote, unhealthy amount of self-help books. And okay, so I want to hear about this. I really do. In fact, let me hear about this. And then I want to ask you one more question. So just tell us a little bit about that time. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. We There's so many books out there that they all have great insights to share. And part of the things I've learned, and this came after the fact too, is that is the sense that they're all helpful, but you have to actually take action. You have to actually commit to the path that they're laying out. If you take one book and you start to take action on what they're telling you to do, really commit to it, that actually you'd find that they're helpful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's why they're called self-help. But the fact of the matter is that when I say unhealthy amounts, it's just like I was taking in all this information, consuming knowledge, but I don't feel like I was really doing the work fully to put it into action. I had Mm -hmm. to really say to myself, what do I really want for myself? And how am I going to take action to make that happen? Yeah, you make so many good points. And we've talked about this on previous shows where we talk about the difference between passive action and massive action. And passive is we're consuming, right? So if you're sitting here listening to this podcast, you're consuming information. So you are taking action. You're taking passive action because you're reading a book, you're listening to a podcast, you're learning, whatever. But Tony, what you said about now, if you read the book, but then you do the action where you actually do the steps that they're telling you to do, that's our massive action. That's where we're actually now doing something to apply those principles, to apply those concepts. And that's where the results are going to come from. That's, I mean, hands down, I'm with you, right? That's where we're going to get the result. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add one other part to this, which is to say that there's also an element of integrating what works and leaving behind what doesn't because, you know, they are not you. So to an extent, it's not like one book is always going to solve your problems entirely because you got to try a few different methods that might Mm -hmm. need to resonate more with you. It's like when you try a new diet or you try to do a a new workout regimen, if you, if it doesn't like light you up, if it doesn't connect with who you are, then the chances of you actually committing to do that work, not very high. Yeah. You have to make sure it's something that resonates with you and says, yeah, I I really like this. And it really, it makes sense for who I want to be. That makes such sense. It's funny. So I, so many people talk about um, the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss. 
And I'll be honest, I hadn't read it. I mean, I've heard of it, of course, but I hadn't read it, hadn't read it. I'm probably going to piss some people off today. And I'm sorry, you guys, I don't mean to do this. But (laughs) I finally have read, not read the whole book. I made it about halfway through the book. And I got to tell you, I hated it. I thought it was crap. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, everybody talks about this book and this concept of the four-hour work week. And then when you hear some of the things that he recommends in the book, in my world, I'm reading this stuff and I'm like, this just feels like cheating and breaking rules. And not that I'm not like, okay, you know, break the rules that need to be broken, but it's just like, you know, cheating to get your way to the top, like doesn't feel very good to me. And this idea of not actually doing some of the work because I love my business. I love my clients. I love the work I do. Like, I don't want to do that for four hours a week. Like, okay, 24 hours in a week, that feels great. That feels better than 60 or 80 hours in a week where it's a little too much of a good thing. But I would love to hear just your thoughts on this concept of, you know, working very, very few hours in your business and everybody else is doing everything for you. And it's almost like you're kind of removed from it and it kind of runs without you. And I understand, okay, entrepreneurs, yes, you grow businesses and you sell them. And if that's what you're doing, fine, great, wonderful. But for those of us who are still involved in our businesses, where do you feel like that balance is between working a little bit, working a lot, working too much? Like what, where do you coach people on? Yeah, it's interesting because we've been talking a lot about how, you know, we talked about leverage a little bit and I'll, and I'll talk more about this is the sense of, you know, making sure that you understand where your unique value contribution is in this organization and whatever organization it is that you're in. And oftentimes the challenge is letting go of the things that you do because you have been doing them. They're the habits that you've continued to to do because that's how you were before. That's how we've done things in the past. But then realizing that at some point you have to say, what is it that I uniquely do here that I bring the most value to the organization because of who I am? And you start to see that there are other people who are in the organization already or could be added to the organization who could bring a lot more value if you let them take the reins. And how do you let that happen? One of the things that I've been recently talking about is how like principles, when you create valuable like thoughts around what is it that, what are the principles we stand by? And it starts with the leaders, you know, putting out the initial principles, but then allowing other people to build from them. You know, what are the things that we're, you know, at the, at the end of the day are, you know, that we stand by as a company? That could be like, hey, you know, everything matters or that every, you know, everything that we do within uh, customers, it's all about the conversations that we have and how, you know, how we serve them. You know, if, if that's the one thing that you can impart on your on your employees, that they understand that matter what, it's always comes down to taking care of that customer. Then the decisions that they take, that they make are all driven by that one factor of put the customer first. that's leverage. It's creating a a way for people to make a decision based on how you would make the decision if you were doing the work yourself. Mm, I love it. One of the earlier lessons I learned was in hiring was to always hire people who can do the job as good as you or better, right? Yes. Because I've hired so many people earlier on in my career that were not as good as the way I could do it. And so I just ended up babysitting them all the time. 
And, but when you start making that shift and it does require us, I think, to check our ego a little bit and check the ego at the door and then bring somebody in who can actually do the job better than you. And I've noticed that when you hire somebody who can do the job just as good or better as an owner, I'm so much more willing to delegate because I know they've got it. I can trust them. I don't have to worry about it. And so often in coaching, when I, you know, we're coaching like the the business owner, you know, has too much on their plate. It's like, well, what can you delegate off? And when I start hearing that, you know, there's nothing they can delegate off, even though they might have a team. Well, it's because you're not trusting the team. When you trust your team and they, you know that they can do the work, you'll delegate. Like that problem goes away <laughs> when you have that trust. Yeah. But if you've hired people who can't really do that job, you don't trust them to do it, you won't delegate because it's your business, it's your baby. So of course you're not going to get delegated to somebody who can't actually do the job. 100%. I mean, that's, a, you know, I think that so many people say that, oh, I delegate all the time. But I'm like, well, you, really? <laughs> are you sure? Well, what are the things that you're doing right now that you are, you know, that you feel like they bog you down or they they leave you with a sense of like, I don't have any time. Mm-hmm. Well, those things are still left on your calendar. You're not letting go of those things. And those are prime targets for delegation. And, and, and I can see, I can think of so many examples of even recent conversations with some of my clients where like just simply delegating that to someone on their team whose expertise is in this particular thing would have made a lot of sense. And it would have been a growth opportunity for them to be able to take that and run with it. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime I feel like I can't delegate something, it's either I haven't done the work to develop my team member so that I could delegate to them, or they're not the right person for the role where they just don't have that skill set. And it's always seems to be this constant check and balance with myself or I'm being a control freak. (laughs) That could be the other thing. Or it's just like, oh, I don't really want to let this go because it's fun or I like doing it or whatever, but I know I need to let it go. So it's either like, you know, is it me being a control freak or have I not developed that person? Because sometimes we're going so fast. It's like, do I really want to slow down and take the time to teach them how to do this thing that I need to delegate to them? And you guys, the answer is yes. It's always yes. If you slow down, you take the time, right? You develop your person, you teach them how to do what they need to do, then you can delegate it off. Sure, it takes more time in the short term, but you get that time back tenfold, a hundredfold, right? As you're just like, eventually now the next time you can delegate to them and trust that they're doing it the right way. Yeah, there's a sense of like slow down to speed up. If you slow down in that moment, you take the chance to actually invest your time and effort into creating those systems and those processes that actually put you on um, in alignment with what you need to do for the future or that you want to do for the future, I should say, then what happens is it creates massive competitive advantage, really, for yourself and your team going forward. Absolutely. I'm a horse girl. And in horse training, the yeah. t- it's slow down to go fast. And mm-hmm. is the harder you and faster you push a horse to do what you want them to do, the longer it's going to take you. But if you can slow down, take the time to build that foundation, you'll go so much faster at the end. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to play with another. I have a great paradox that actually goes hand in hand with this because we just talked about a paradox. But I think this is a great paradox that goes hand in hand with this. 
And that is, I often tell my clients, expand your vision and narrow your focus. And when Mm. you think about what we've been talking about so far, for the person who's feeling stuck, they have to expand their vision and see what else is possible here. What are the things that like I could delegate? What are the things that I should be spending more time on? What are the things that I'm missing in my business that I should be potentially looking at? What are the possibilities? So expanding is one area. And then once you figure that out, then you narrow your focus to say, what do I uniquely have to do? What do I um, want to focus my time and energy on so that I am more productive, that I am the person who can, you know, move this thing forward? And narrowing seems, oh, well, I'm going to leave things out that are important. Well, not necessarily. It just means that you're going to spend more time moving that thing, that next thing forward. And if there's also other things on the horizon that you want to move forward, well, they can come next after that. But first things first, you do that next thing that you've d- identified that's most important. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Sorry for I love the it. tangent. But it, no, I it's great. It's great. Because when we focus, I, I don't know how many books ago I'd read about like when you think of light, sunlight, and mm. when it's diffused and it's spread all over, we can walk outside, we can be in the sun all day. Maybe we might get a tiny little sunburn if we're out all day, but generally we're not going to get hurt. But when you focus light, it becomes a laser beam that can cut through diamonds. And it's kind of like exactly what you're saying with our focus is that when we diffuse it and we're trying to do everything for everybody all the time, we're just not going to be that effective. But if we can narrow that focus and really focus our light like a laser beam, now we're talking about some pretty cool results because we can literally like cut through diamonds with that. I love it. It's beautiful. Great, yeah. great vision of that. I just, you know, what I'm, I'm just visualizing that right now. So Right, yeah. Because now if we can say, oh, well, what is possible? Let me open up my thinking and then yeah. laser focus on that. Ooh, now we got something. Yeah, and the alignment that that creates, you know, the sense of like getting people to see that like, you know, if, whether it's you moving alone and making sure you're doing that effort that's really focused or it's just getting your whole team to say, hey, look, we have a lot of things we could do. We've identified some options, but let's get ourselves to say, this is what we're going to do. This is the next step we are going to take collectively. And, um, and let's do it with all of our, our heart, with all of our energy. Then what happens is you become an unstoppable force. You're laser focused, as they say. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I'm starting... To really see the power of that, there was a book, is it Greg McCowan? Not Essentialism. He wrote a book where it's like the, it's like, you. I think it's Greg McCowan. It's just like, you have to pick one thing. And he's got an mm. exercise where you actually have to just like pick one thing you're going to work on. And I'll be honest, I fail at this exercise all the time. Because I'm like, oh, I can't just pick one thing. But then um, I, I have broken it into, okay, one personal thing and one professional thing. And that I can mm. almost, I can live with a little better. But the act of having to focus and say no to these other things, not no forever, but no for right now, and saying no to these other things so that we can just laser focus on this one thing. It's really hard. So Mm -hmm. Tony, coach me. Okay, so here I am. I'm like, I can't just focus on one thing. What would you say to that client? Yeah, well, I would say not yet. I mean, put it on your on your list. I mean, not all options are for right now. And this is something that as I'm coaching you, I really think about this as this is what I struggle with too. I'm a curious person, extremely curious. 
you know, people used to say that I was a shiny object. I get distracted by shiny objects, you know, when yeah. I was a kid. And, um, you know, the reality is that's a good thing, but it has its downsides. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be able to say, okay, that's great. All these great things on the horizon. But what is the thing that is going to really put, you know, yourself in alignment with the most important activities in your business? What is going to make the biggest impact in this moment? And if you were to do it right now, it's going to make you feel as though you're making that progress. And so once you've identified that one thing, the other things that are all exciting and fantastic, I want you to put them on a list and say, this is for the the not yet list. And you're not throwing it away. You're just taking it out of your head for a little while. So that it didn't take up space. Instead, you can put your space in your head on the now. Mm, I love that. Okay. I love that. All right, you guys. So you take all the crap in your head and on your to-do list and you put it in a list. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go through that mm. list and you ask yourself, you know, what is the one thing, if I could pick one thing to focus on right now that would have the biggest impact, get the best result. But Tony, some of what you said earlier was, but that thing would also align with who you are as a human being and your purpose, your passion, what you absolutely love doing. Because now if we connect your focus to your purpose and your passion, probably won't even feel like work. You're just doing what you're meant here, meant to do. But then if you can focus on that thing, that's where your results are going to come from. Absolutely. Right? 100%. Very well summarized. Ah, thank you. See, can you tell that I have a planner and I do productivity for a living? Because <laughs> then it's like, then everything on the list, um, we have a system that we use A, B, C, D, E. So A is the A task, which moves us forward. Mm-hmm. That would be that purpose, that passion. How do I like now make an impact? How do I get out of my comfort zone? B's are stuff we have to do. C's are things that can be procrastinated. D is delegate, right? And E is mm-hmm. eliminate. And eliminate could be, eliminate it for later. It doesn't have to be a forever. But I do like I use Asana and I use my planner. And anytime I have these great ideas, I will put them in I call it my think tank. And it can just sit in my think tank until I'm ready. And then I will occasionally go back through and look at the think tank. And sometimes things are really good ideas. And sometimes I'm like, no, new information has come things have changed. That's not relevant anymore. Delete it, just get it off the list. But it's almost like putting that stuff into a holding space. So I don't forget about it. I don't lose it. But it doesn't have to distract me from my focus of what this is what I've committed to do right now. Yeah, I love that. Great system. I like that, you know, I, whenever I find someone who's got a good system, I start thinking, hmm, maybe I'll try that out for a little while. There you go. <laughs> Another there shiny go. object. <laughs> I built it into my planner because it is such a great system. And then I didn't want to forget about it. And it is ridiculous how literally every day I sit down to work, if I don't have that reminder right in front of me of like, okay, Jen, align with your vision, figure out your ATAS today, map out your day, I literally will forget it because I just get caught up in all the things that need to be done. So yeah, so I put in the planner. People who are listening to this podcast are probably thinking, oh, she's doing the ABCs again because I, I talk about it a lot, but but it, it really is, I need simplicity. In a world where yeah. we have so many things going on, I need things to be super simple. And if I can sit down and go, what's my A today? What's the one thing I'm gonna do to focus and drive forward and get the result I'm after in my personal life and my professional life? And then then I have you know the block of, now I can do the rest of everything else. But at least- that most important thing has gotten done and that thing you've decided to focus on 
that got some attention every day. I love what you shared because there's something about this, which is to say, and it connects to a lot of what we've been talking about so far, which is to say that like each person, you know, who's listening to this right now is probably thinking like, well, what's the best um, solution to being productive? What's the best way to do, you know, each person's going to have their own unique way of being productive, but the best thing you can do is to try new methods, try things, and you'll find the thing that works best for you. And when you do, it's going to like completely put your life on, on the speed track of like productivity, which is fantastic, but don't do it just because it's the next shiny object. Do it because it works for you and it makes you feel really fulfilled in the work you're doing. Yeah. I love that, Tony. Thank you so much. That's such a great reminder. You know, if you're getting the results, you're good. If you're not getting the result, maybe pivot, maybe change something until you start to get the result that you're after at the end of the day. Mm. Nice. Beautiful. I love it. All right, Tony, any final thoughts that you want to leave with our audience? Yeah. I mean, I would say just if you want to be productive and happy, which is the, you know, obviously we're on the happy productive podcast, find out the things that are, that light you up and find ways to do more of that because you will find ways to continue to do more of it in your, in your work life. You'll be more satisfied in the work you're doing if you're doing more of what lights you up, Mm. inspires you. I love it. And a whole lot less of the stuff that you should be delegating to your team. And when you delegate that stuff to your team, like it will light them up, right? When I look at like our accounting, like your bookkeeper, right? Your bookkeeper gets lit up by the numbers. And so delegate to them if you don't get lit up by the numbers and let them do work that lights them up. And now, uh, now we're talking, now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Tony, remind everybody where they can find you, your website and where they can find you. Absolutely. So first of all, you can find me, the best place is my website, inspiredpurposecoach.com. If you go there, you can find out my leadership journey assessment, which is a great place to check in with where you're doing well and where you'd like to be doing better. And then you can also get some tips on how to improve. And besides that, the other location you can find me is LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my my social media time, if you will. And then I also have a book called Climbing the Right Mountain. You can find that on Amazon. And my podcast is called The Virtual Campfire, which is on all different platforms. So go check it out. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I was going to be like, hey, tell us about the book. Tell us about the podcast. That's awesome. You guys, Tony's book is Climbing the Right Mountain, Navigating the Journey to an Inspired Life. I don't know about you, but I definitely want some of that. That sounds super awesome. And he has a podcast as well. So you can definitely check him out on all the different platforms. Wonderful. Tony, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Enjoyed the conversation. Awesome. Me too. Me too. And if you're listening, you guys, what are you going to do? You're going to take some action from what you heard today. So get out there, do some delegating, figure out what is inspiring you, where you should be spending your time. Maybe you need to hire somebody. Maybe you need to fire somebody, but just do something to take some action. All right. That's it. We're out. Get out there, you guys, and have a happy, productive day.
I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. She Leads Podcast Network.